Do you ever get tired of the same old boring news? Do you ever wish the news was very nearly funny? I know we did. Hi, I'm Gene Person. And I'm Greg Person. And that's why we created Anchor Persons. A news podcast. For people who hate the news. By people who hate the news. Every week, we lampoon the laughable thing that journalism has become. We make up facts about your home state. We break stories on the latest in food crime. We take two completely unrelated things and figure out how they're connected. And we keep you informed on the emotional weather. Find Anchor Persons on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or a completely different podcatcher that you prefer. Will you laugh? No. But will you be informed? Also no. Anchor Persons, the only news podcast hosted by persons. Subscribe today! comes the dog hi hi how hi, are you hello f- hello friends welcome to brought to you by the letter with carly and kelsey i'm carly and i'm kelsey we're two best friends and we talk about everything from a to z in that order no <laughs> sorry <laughs> um can i say something yeah i feel like i need to like listen to like pump up jams or something because i feel very uncharismatic right now yeah what do you want to listen to oh i know already got it don't worry about it what I got is it. it i got 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 it like it's, if it's like you know the new cardi b and lizzo song which That's is amazing not what i was playing wait was it oh it's so good oh it's so good her. but yeah i love that that song came out yesterday it's already uh, rumored i've already lizzo. listened to it like five or six times so it's just really good. I also love Cardi. Like I love every, I love them all. Oh I yeah, me them. too. They're I love great. all of them. I all the them. female pop stars. I no, love for them. real. I really, I really do. I agree. I think Lizzo was my artist of the year last year. Really? Yeah. Following Hamilton, which actually, <laughs> this is what I was gonna talk about. You know how I had that period in my life where I would not stop singing Hamilton. Yes. It's not too back. long ago. Yeah, bitch is back. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no the thing is is like you're like four years late on this trend of no being i know obsessed with hamilton well the thing is is because it just was available now on disney plus that's why it's like got a resurgence now as in like a year ago yeah <laughs> time is relative why are you I so know. mean i don't know today? that's what i'm saying i'm being like i'm being kind of a batch right yeah been a botch. I'm buying a no, botch. it's no, it's fine. It's hey, don't hate Carly. I'm talking to you, Carly. Don't hate what other people love, and I I don't think I do, but I really dislike when people do that. Like when snooty people are like, you being obsessed with The Office is stupid. It's like okay, well you're stupid for being mean to people who like things and think things are funny and enjoy yeah, things. Cor- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, but actually, I like really do. I really don't like that. I think it's really. Like, well, wow, you're like you're shooting so... on something that somebody's passionate about. Exactly. It's and like, it's like don't... wow, you're so cool yourself that you feel like you have to. Well, I just don't understand you know? what the like point of commenting on it is sometimes. Like, why? How does exactly. it affect you? It's just people who are insecure about their own lives. But that's cool. Good, good yeah. job with the Hamilton. 
is it a good job? I think it's a sickness. Have you seen the In the Heights or something? Oh, by Lin Manuel. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Lin Manuel. It seems Miranda. very. It seems yeah. very similar. Like I've I've heard some of the songs. Like there's the one song on TikTok. I real nice. That one. I haven't been paying attention to there's the ticker like, talk ticker talkers. There's like, I mean, hey, good, but better for you. But there's one that's like a filter that if you blink, it makes you look masculine. Like it puts like a beard on uh, you. And so people have been doing it when the guy sings, they're in the one. Oh. And then the like line that the girl sings is real nice. So that's all. That's all <laughs> I know. <laughs> the same um, guy who played or who was in the yeah. musical is the main character. Yeah, it's yeah. it's Anthony Ramos. You can tell Ramos, in that song. Ramos. Yeah, it's it's totally his voice. Yeah. But I love him. Oh yeah. That entire honestly that entire cast was phenomenal. <laughs> 10 so good. out of 10. I feel like back when Hamilton was like showing mm-hmm. what's the when word? it like first came out on Broadway? Yeah, like the ticket like I heard I knew a few people who went and the tickets were like 5 to 600 fucking dollars per ticket yeah like that is insanity that's so much money yeah that's so much money for a like three hour thing that then is done you know what i mean like yes why does it have to be that much i've never seen a broadway show or anything but it's demand versus true 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 that's why so when when hamilton first came out i was like oh, I don't care about that because I can't have access to it. So it's like, okay, well, it's just not for me right now because A, no money. B, there's no way you could get a ticket like at that time. Yeah. But now that it's like available to everybody, that's like why the second resurgence came and like why the second round of Hamiltonites or whatever you want to call them. (laughs) Anyways, I'm getting obsessed with songs. Good. Albums. It's good to have hobbies. (laughs) <laughs> and obsessions speaking of hobbies huh? i've recently started Ooh, composting yes and i'm so excited it's, it's pretty cool it's really cool i like it makes me feel good good i'm just like wow it's not going in a landfill this yeah. is sweet i'm and so then happy you know what you're also doing you're also stimulating your ecological biome kind of (laughs) but no like actually because you're just doing it in your own yard and then you know the bugs and stuff they get their nutrients the worms and then i'm sure like bunnies will nibble on your stuff Mm -hmm. and it's just and it helps yep you know you're giving to the earth and you're giving to the animals yes and actually part of the reason i wanted to do it was from some of the stuff that i looked up for my topic do you want to get started because i'm kind of really excited let's do it let's get started so this week i am focusing on psychedelic mushrooms Mm -hmm. yes so psilocybin psilocybin isn't that also with a p yeah psychedelic mushrooms brought to you by the letter p P. psychedelic mushrooms are wild or cultivated mushrooms that contain psilocybin a naturally occurring psychoactive and hallucinogenic compound and is considered one of the most well-known psychedelics Mm -hmm. there are many ways to refer to it but most people call them magic mushrooms mushrooms or shrooms they can also be known as mushies blue meanies (laughs) golden tops liberty caps philosopher's stone amani and agaric which i've never heard of that But I have heard of Philosopher's Stone before. (laughs) In ancient history, there is some evidence to suggest that psychoactive mushrooms have been used by humans in religious ceremonies for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. The oldest piece of evidence that we have 
is a 6,000-year-old pictograph that was discovered in the town of Villar de Lumo in Spain, which illustrates hallucinogenic mushrooms. Archaeological artifacts from Mexico and Mayan mushroom stones from Guatemala have been interpreted by some scholars as evidence for ritual or ceremonial usage of psychoactive mushrooms in the Mayan and Aztec cultures in Mesoamerica. There's like these massive stones that yeah. they found at the Mayan temples and they literally I was just, just gonna like ask a you what, massive mushroom. Yeah, I was going to ask you what that is. So yeah. it's just like a carving basically? Yeah, it's like a it's like a stone sculpture. Wow. That just looks like a mushroom cap. That's cool. Yeah. So in Nahual, the language of the Aztecs, the mushrooms are called Tayo Nana Catal or God's flesh. Whoa. Yes. While these are the oldest recorded instances that we know of, there's a high probability that humans were using mushrooms long before this. Human existence on Earth goes back a massive amount of time, mm-hmm. most of which we have no identifiable information right. for. So like today, indigenous people generally have an intimate knowledge of their local plant life. So it's very possible that that was passed down from our prehistoric yeah. ancestors and they have come across plants that alter consciousness at some point. That makes sense. So this is the first time actually that I've made Carly do a little bit of research before the subject. So this homework that Kelsey made me do, I have already watched this, but I've rewatched it again. A documentary called Fantastic Fungi on Netflix. It was very good. I don't retain names well, but the guy that they focus on a lot is Mm -hmm. really fucking cool. What's his name? He's like Paul Stamets. He's like a mushroom genius. He does so much. And he's so he's a scientist. And he's self-taught. Yeah. It's a very good and interesting watch and very um it goes in ways that you might not think. It's very thought provoking. That's what yeah. I'm trying to say. So So watching that documentary gave me a whole new appreciation for the world as a whole. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to way generalize, but it did give you information on magic mushrooms, but it also talked about the underground network of like life in the ground, like through roots and stuff. I'm not going to explain it well, but it was just everything's connected. Everything's connected. (laughs) It was absolutely fascinating. If you like sciencey shit or mushrooms, go for it. Like Mm -hmm. watch that. And then they do have a little bit of a psychedelic touch to it. So they talk about how there's a possible time period that mushrooms could have been discovered just about a wee two million years ago by humans. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So sometime between 200,000 to 2 million years ago, the human cortex tripled in size for no reasonable explanation. Which you kind of touched on a little bit in nudity, sort of. So like we went from being Homo erectus to Homo sapien. Exactly. Exactly. So Terrence McKenna, I'll talk about a little bit more later, an ethnobotanist proposed what is known as the stoned ape hypothesis. Ethnobotany is the study of a region's plants and their practical uses through traditional knowledge of a local culture and people. Cool. In McKenna's Stone Ape Hypothesis, he stated that human beings began to migrate to new areas where they came upon psychedelic mushrooms um, at some point growing in animal poop, and they decided to eat them. So after ingesting these magic mushrooms, their brains kicked into overdrive and they were able to acquire new information processing capabilities and had a mind-blowing experience. Um, And it expanded their imagination. So the psilocybin in magic mushrooms substitutes as serotonin, which is the happy happy, chemical in your brain, brain, and activates neurogenesis, which causes new neurons to form in the brain. It's essentially making more connections in your brain. So you can imagine like being an early human eating this thing and then like seeing visions and colors and 
all this stuff, you're going to have these profound experiences that open the floodgates of what information you can receive. Like an update in programming, they were able to develop language um, through synesthesia. Synesthesia is one of the side effects of magic mushrooms. Mm -hmm. It's so fascinating on its own. Yeah, exactly. Language is essentially synesthesia. It's the association of meaningless sounds that have a complex meaning, which I had never looked at it that way before. Yeah. As McKenna put it, Homo sapiens ate our way to a higher consciousness. And it was the time that religious rituals, calendar making, and natural magic came Mm. into practice. The fact that this happened over millions and millions of years and then happened millions of times in those millions of years, it's very plausible that this could be an explanation for the reason that our brain started to triple in size yeah which i think is a pretty cool one yeah that is awesome it just seems so fascinating to me i'm gonna jump way ahead i'm gonna jump to the 1957 the return of the magic mushrooms yeah 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 so in the 1950s robert gordon wasson an american author and ethnomycologist from new york reported on psilocybin mushroom ceremonies that were said to have been extinct for hundreds of years Mycologist is a study person who studies mushrooms. Yes. The Mazatec, home to the legendary shaman Maria Sabina, is an indigenous group who live in the Oaxaca region of southern Mexico. Maria Sabina was the first contemporary Mexican sabia, which means one who knows, to allow Westerners to participate in a healing ritual known as velada. Mm -hmm. All of the participants in the ritual would ingest psilocybin mushrooms as a sacrament to open the gates to the mind. The velada is seen as a purification and a communion with the sacred. Mm-hmm. Wasson participated in the ceremony, and after his experience, he proclaimed that psychedelic mushrooms were the catalyst for humanity's advancement in language and religion, which seems to kind of line up to McKenna's theory right. as well. Right. Robert Gordon Wasson then published Seeking the Magic Mushroom in Life magazine and this was the first introduction of the term magic mushroom to the United States. From there, news started to spread quickly, and psychedelic chemists like Albert Hoffman and Roger Heim became intrigued with the effects of psychedelic mushrooms. In 1958, Hoffman isolated and identified psilocybin and psilocin as the active ingredients found in psychoactive mushrooms. Timothy Leary, a well-known psychologist and psychedelic advocate who at the time was a Harvard professor, gained interest in the psychoactive compound and began traveling to Mexico to participate in the ceremonies. He was also accompanied by Richard Alpert, a.k.a. Ramdas, a renowned spiritual teacher and psychedelic advocate. After both experiencing the profound transformation, they founded the Harvard Psilocybin Project, it's a famous study conducted on Harvard graduate students, oh my which gosh. got in big trouble for. <laughs> um, it got shut down due to like concerns right. regarding ethics. Um, right. You know, you can't just like freely do that, I guess. There's like in the Harvard Commons or whatever, you know, there's just there's like, like the t- a little cardboard sign taped to the wall being like, take a trip. <laughs> if you would like in. to participate in a study... <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So shortly after that, Terrence McKenna and his brother traveled to the Amazon in search of DMT, but alternatively stumbled upon mushrooms instead. After their journey, they wrote publications on the cultivation of magic mushrooms, which led to widespread access of psychedelic mushrooms in the United States. So for the next two decades, thousands of doses of psilocybin were administered in clinical experiments. 
psychiatrists, scientists, and mental health professionals considered psilocybin to be a promising treatment as an aid to therapy for a broad range of psychiatric diagnoses, including alcoholism, schizophrenia, autism spectrum disorders, obsessive compulsive disorder, and depression. Many more people were introduced to the psilocybin mushrooms and other psychedelics as part of various religious and spiritual practices for mental and emotional exploration or to enhance wellness and creativity. Mm-hmm. So now we're in the 60s in America. And what's going on then? The hippies. counterculture movement Free with love. hippies. Peace out, man. <laughs> this is where the use of psychedelic drugs increased dramatically and became popular for recreational use. This led to them becoming stigmatized, politicized, and despite the long history of ongoing research into its therapeutic and medical benefits. Right. Psilocybin and psilocin have become listed as a Schedule One drug of the Controlled Substances Act in 1970, which makes me super mad for many reasons. And I'll show you a graph in a bit and we'll post it on our Instagram. Schedule One means that it's the most heavily criminalized category for drugs considered to have a high potential for abuse and no currently accepted medical use. Hmm. Though there's no significant evidence to say that about magic mushrooms, and there's actually a lot of data that contrasted that statement. Yeah. So it's really annoying that it happened. Well, there's also, there was medical data and research exactly. done about them. Exactly. You just told it's, me there was. I'm going to show you a graph. The dependency potential is the y-axis. The active dose and lethal dose is the x-axis. Got it. So... If it's highly lethal and highly addictive, addictive, it's in the top corner. Gotcha. So that would be heroin, for instance, right? Got it. Carly, could you um look at the graph and please tell me where LSD and psilocybin They're lie? all the way on the bottom. So heroin's on the top right as very high and very lethal. Yes. Uh, LSD and psilocybin dependency is the complete opposite corner. It's very low and very non-lethal. <laughs> yes. So it's so annoying because... Whereas that's interesting. Marijuana is... And I kind of knew that. Is moderate... You become moderately to dependent on it in certain instances. Exactly. So the thing that's like the next level above psilocybin is marijuana, which marijuana is becoming highly popular in the united states it's very normalized here it's normalized here for sure but yeah so lsd and psilocybin are in the bottom left corner saying that they have a very low dependency potential and they also have a very low potential to have a lethal dose oh and uh just so you know a couple ticks down is alcohol from heroin so it's like alcohol you can definitely have an, a lethal dose and it has a moderate dependency potential yeah so it's like okay alcohol is like way on the other end and like marijuana and psilocybin are just like chilling yeah they're just like we're not going to cause problems at the party <laughs> and then they're like just kidding <laughs> but also during this time nixon launched the yep. war on drugs exactly the war on drugs is a global campaign led by the united states of drug prohibition military aid and military intervention with the aim of reducing illegal drug trade in the united states which sounds great the initiative included setting up drug policies that are intended to discourage production, distribution, and consumption of psychoactive drugs that the participating governments in the UN have made illegal. It's unfortunate because in the US, this caused soaring arrest rates that yes. disproportionately targeted African Americans. Yep. 
Nixon's aide, so like one of his right-hand men, said that Nixon used the war on drugs to criminalize and disrupt black and hippie communities and their leaders. Yep. And if that doesn't kill your high, I don't know what will. Yeah. However, going back to recent years, magic mushrooms are making a comeback and culture is becoming more accepting of these overall, which is exciting. Mm -hmm. They're back. Many of the researchers and scientists carrying out the studies in psychedelics believe that they have the potential to reset the brain, thus helping break long entrenched cycles and thought patterns associated with severe depression and addiction. Mm -hmm. In 2018, the Food and Drug Administration granted breakthrough therapy designation for studies of psilocybin in depression disorders, which opened the doors for many studies for psilocybin and mental health. Yeah, so in that documentary, Fantastic Fungi, one of my favorite, most interesting parts is there was a man who was diagnosed with like terminal cancer, basically, Mm -hmm. and he started doing psilocybin therapy. He would take the mushrooms and he would actually be with a therapist, like laying on a couch. Yeah. And after it was done, he was terminally ill, like he was going to die, I don't know when, but he was at peace. He literally described it as being at peace with life. Yes. And like, I'm going to cry like saying that because that's like so incredible. Like he wasn't scared of death anymore. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people experience. You know, yeah. they real it's it's an ego thing. They realize that your ego, everything around you is so important. It's like so big. But when you do these mushrooms, you apparently realize that you're just so small. Yeah. But not in like a depressing way, like right. in a really cool way. Yes. You know? Yes. One of the places that I think has done a lot of great work in this area is Johns Hopkins. Johns Hopkins has been the focus of a lot of this research. In 2016, Johns Hopkins Medicine researchers reported that treatment with psilocybin significantly relieved existential anxiety and depression in people with a life-threatening cancer. Yep. They were able to enjoy their lives without the weight and fear of death. And like, to me, that just seems like a gift because you get a diagnosis that basically says you're going to die sooner than you thought. Right. right? And all you can do is worry about that. Oh, yeah. And you can't enjoy the last however many years or however many months you have on Earth. To be able to be relieved of that and to just actually go out and experience life, that seems like the greatest gift in the world. (sighs) Yeah. I'm yeah cry. <laughs> i know sorry we're getting heavy no, it's just it's just it's beautiful it is beautiful yeah. and yeah that just sounds great in 2019 johns hopkins opened a center for psychedelic and consciousness research and their study published in november 2020 suggests that psilocybin may be effective with a wider population of patients who suffer from major depression And I was like, who, me? (laughs) (laughs) So Alan Davis, a PhD and adjunct professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at Johns Hopkins, remarks that the magnitude of the effect we saw was about four times larger than what clinical trials have shown for traditional antidepressants on the market. Because most other depression treatments take weeks or months to work and may have undesirable effects, this could be a game changer if these findings hold up in the future as the gold standard placebo-controlled clinical trials. Mm -hmm. For this study, they recruited 24 people with long-term documented history of depression, most of whom experienced persisting symptoms that lasted at least two years before enrolling in the study. Mm -hmm. They underwent two treatment sessions that lasted approximately five hours long, 
with the participants lying on the couch wearing eye shades and headphones that played music. Yeah, so this is what I'm talking about. With, yep. Yeah. There's a doctor there to monitor you right. through the whole experience. Like, if you're going to trip, always have a guide, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so all the participants were given a grid Hamilton depression rating scale, which is a standard depression assessment mm-hmm. tool when they enrolled and then they were also given that one week after and four weeks after Mm -hmm. just to give you some ranges a score of 24 or more indicates severe depression Mm -hmm. 17 to 23 moderate depression 8 to 16 mild depression and seven or less no depression Mm -hmm. at enrollment participants had an average depression scale rating of 23 we're teetering on the severe side they had follow-up assessments after the treatments and their ratings went from an average of 23 to an average of eight Wow. They almost got down to like no depression. Right. Which is insane. So after the treatment, most participants showed a substantial decrease in their symptoms and almost half were in remission from depression at the follow-up. Out of the entire group, 64% showed more than a 50% reduction in depression symptoms at the one-week follow-up and 71% at the four-week follow-up. So overall, four weeks post-treatment, 54% of participants were considered in remission, meaning they no longer qualified as being depressed. Mm -hmm. This shows a significant breakthrough in the effects of mushrooms on the brain. Many researchers and scientists believe that the potential to reset the brain helps people break long entrenched cycles and thought patterns associated with depression and addiction, which creates neurons. We rewire (laughs) shit, you know? Yeah. Neuron pathways. I mean, it's just like, it's crazy to me. Like, okay. So according to the national Institute of mental health, more than 300 million people worldwide experience major depression. Imagine the impact and improvement on the mental health of those 300 million people. If this was an option, if it was able to even cure 50% of that, right. Even 10%. Right. That's a lot of happier and healthier people. Right, That's insane to me. These studies have pushed the decriminalization movement from psychotropic substances into action. Ballot initiatives in progress in several cities include Denver, Oakland, and Santa Cruz have already decriminalized magic mushrooms. Wow. And as more research continues to unfold each day, we are potentially taking a step forward in making history in the progression and understanding of psychedelic mushrooms which is so cool so there's some history now we're going into the chemistry all right you ready for this yes so once ingested psilocybin is rapidly metabolized into psilocin which acts on serotonin receptors in the brain Serotonin is one of the chemicals that the brain uses to communicate with itself one of the many things that it does is improve mood Mm-hmm. Bruna Garibaldi, a clinical trial manager in Imperial College London, says it's important to highlight that psychedelics don't just make people see things. They make people feel things in a different way. Mm-hmm. They allow people to have profound feelings of love and compassion for others. Such feelings can also help them feel deeply connected to themselves and others. People can feel pleasure and have spiritual experiences. Serotonin binds to many kinds of receptors to send messages around the brain. And psilocybin affects its relationship to the receptor known as 5-HT2A. (laughs) The more psilocybin you give a patient, the more 5-HT2A receptors serotonin binds to. So this is where it gets interesting. Mm -hmm. 
oh wait only now (laughs) no it's just like hey would you have ever thought that we would be getting into brain science right neuroscience that's what it's called (laughs) you're all gonna get a free certificate of neuroscience after this be a brain surgeon (laughs) yeah sorry i just i find it so interesting so if you don't find it interesting skip ahead like yes a minute (laughs) the binding of serotonin to the i hate saying this over and over again the 5-HT2A receptor does happen naturally, but with psilocybin, many, many more connections mm-hmm. are made. So the brain effectively rewires itself by adding in a lot more wires. And these right. new connections enable different areas of the brain to work together in different ways. Right. So it's essentially creating a stronger brain. It's crazy. So psychedelics relax the strong beliefs that people have about the world. And by relaxing those beliefs, you're able to see things in a different way. So like, oh, you mean from a different perspective, like putting yourself in someone else's shoes? Right. Like, LOL. <laughs> so I'm like, what I'm gathering is that actually, like, we could have intelligent conversations about right. humanity and policy right. and government if we all just fucking did a little Kelsey, bit of mushrooms just together. just a little bit ago was like completely like stretched out and like are you telling me it was just are you telling me (laughs) that if we just all did mushrooms together we'd just like really be happy like but seriously it's so true it's like oh that's i feel like what whatever passion for another person for others Mm -hmm. oh my life isn't the only thing that matters it's the ego that's the ego yeah you know exactly it just yeah (laughs) just crazy so it's just it blows my mind so let's talk a little bit about the trip Okay. This is your brain on drugs. Fry the egg. Go. So the effects of mushrooms are subjective and can vary considerably from user to user. Noticeable changes in the auditory, visual, and tactile senses may become apparent around 30 minutes to an hour after ingestion and can last up to eight hours. The first three to four hours after ingestion are typically referred to as the peak in which the user experiences vivid visuals and distortions in reality. Mm -hmm. And I put reality in quotation marks because... Is it reality? No, I'm just kidding. Um, the effect, are we in reality right now? The effects can seem to last much longer for the participant, though, because of psilocybin's ability to alter time perception. Oh, wow. I feel like this happens, too, with, like, smoking marijuana, mm-hmm. though. Sometimes you're like, the day is going so slow. <laughs> or you're like, wow, I got all this done, and it's only been 10 minutes. You know? It's just, yeah. Uh, yeah. I have a medical marijuana card, so it's fine. <laughs> Sensory effects include visual and auditory hallucinations followed by emotional changes and altered perception of time and space. These shifts in perception visually include enhancement and contrasting of colors, strange light phenomena, which is like auras or mm-hmm. halos around light sources. Surfaces may seem to ripple, shimmer, or breathe. Objects may warp, morph, or change. Could possibly feel a sense of melting into the environment. Whoa. Moving objects may appear to leave trails behind them, and sounds may seem to have increased clarity. Music, for example, can take on a profound sense of cadence and depth. With the aura thing, I think I've heard somewhere before that of another potential reason that current religion exists in in general and all the religions is because when you trip mushrooms, you like see God or you see something yes. that isn't is yeah is otherworldly and so oh that must be god or whoever you know well that's essentially what they were saying like when the early hominids would have these like spiritual experiences that they can't explain exactly and just like that constantly happening over time helped establish religion exactly yeah 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 
pretty neat crazy so are you telling me that we should all go take <laughs> communion with some mushrooms <laughs> I'm just going to make up all the rules that I So are want. you telling me? Are you telling me? So other users can experience synesthesia, which we talked mm-hmm. about, but that is when information meant to stimulate one of your senses stimulates several of your senses. Mm-hmm. So for example, you can see music as colors or you when can, you hear it. Or, or you can taste a flavor when you hear music or you can... Right. Or yeah. you can taste textures, mm-hmm. which is interesting too. And this is because... When on psychedelics, parts of the brain that don't normally communicate with each other start to communicate and it appears to reset your brain patterns. Exactly. Could you imagine being an early hominid and being like, yo, dude, like the stoned <laughs> ape theory just really freaking blows my mind. I love it. So a trip gone wrong. Let's Uh-oh. talk about that for a oh, second. No. So while magic mushrooms are often sought out for like a very peaceful high, shrooms have been reported to induce anxiety produce frightening hallucinations, paranoia, and confusion, which, like, isn't everybody confused when they're high? I don't (laughs) understand. Especially when not done in the presence of a medical professional. Right. Everything in this world can be misused. Right. Definitely. And this is one of those things that I feel like, if done properly, I think mushrooms could change the world. Right. It's just, when not administered by, like, a clinician or somebody trained and certified to do this, you open yourself up to just, like, a million possibilities of things Mm -hmm. gone wrong. So psilocybin does affect the cardiovascular system and can lead to increased blood pressure or irregular heartbeat. It also has the potential to cause serious and permanent psychological problems. Mm. So there is a small percentage of the population who have had an episode of psychosis, mania, or a manic episode from psilocybin mushrooms. There are rare but documented cases of individuals jumping to their deaths or Mm -hmm. otherwise behaving erratically in such ways that endanger themselves or those around them. I think the jumping out the window thing has been like a pretty ingrained thing in our culture. I remember learning about that and it's Mm -hmm. like not that many times, you know, like it was like one, it wasn't one time. In health class when they tell you about drugs and not to do drugs. Yeah. They're like, if you take LSD, you're going to jump out a fucking window and die. (laughs) It's like mean girls. (laughs) Yeah. If If you you have have sex, sex, you will get pregnant and and die. die. (laughs) exactly that's that's like what it was to us at least it's just so annoying that that's like the one instance and there was so much good happening at the time right but let's not get mad because we're back in it we're back in the game fam Mm -hmm. when the world needs it most (laughs) so um are you telling me are you telling me i just i just really got like (laughs) amped up about it as we've discussed like psilocybin therapy is nothing like taking shrooms at a party it's Mm -hmm. meant to be in a controlled area you'll be laying down you'll be relaxed and you'll have somebody guiding you through the whole experience so that's what you know is going on in trials right now what sounds like a better trip like trying to make small talk with 30 plus people you don't know around a bonfire (laughs) while like brad and angie are puking over in the forest and you're just like i hate this so much or sitting on a little comfy couch listening to the calming music with a person who's with trained to, to deal with anything. Yeah. I'm sorry, but like, which one would you rather do, <laughs> right? Well, they both sound good, minus Brad and Angie puking. Because, well, you know, the nature thing. Then okay, I, know but li- but of, I know of some people who have taken mushrooms and they're in nature and it's a very good experience for them. I'm sure it is. Yeah. But this is my anxiety talking. Mm-hmm. I go out into the woods, take mushrooms. I step on a wet leaf and I die. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm, cl- I'm or clumsy. Or get lost. 
or I get lost. No, I have thought about this a lot. Yeah. I would definitely be in a clinical trial for mm-hmm. it because I have depression and anxiety, but I would not feel comfortable. Like I am the paranoid person. Right. I will not be a good person to be wandering around with right. when I Is that episode mushrooms. of Broad City? Yes. Do you guys, if you guys don't know, there's an episode of Broad City where Abby and Alana take shrooms and they're like walking through New York and it's such a cool episode because they animate half of it. So it's oh, like yeah. <laughs> really cool. But then something bad happens. I won't spoil it. Yeah. So. But, but like it me, yeah, like yeah. I don't want to, you know, I'm definitely the person who's sitting on the couch enjoying right. the time with my, you know, therapist who's right. there to deal with all my bullshit. Who's literally getting paid to deal with the bullshit. That's right. Matthew Johnson, PhD and associate professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine states, there are risks, but there are dramatically reduced in medical research. And I would argue that most risks and our ability to address them fares reasonably well compared to many procedures that are routinely used in medicine. Hmm. Which actually, I'm going to go back to something real quick because I just noticed this caffeine on that chart oh, yeah <laughs> caffeine has a way higher lethal dose yeah and more dependency than lsd and psilocybin I'm dependent on it i mean we're all dependent yeah. if you're not dependent on caffeine <laughs> you're like people are like what's wrong with you yeah at least in america yeah people are like are you okay something's <laughs> wrong with you why aren't you addicted to caffeine like the rest yeah, of I us had a caffeine headache so, this morning so you sure. telling me <laughs> that we should just have mushroom tea every day yeah not some fucking bullshit it just blows my mind that caffeine is more on the fucking yeah. dependency and lethal dose scale than psilocybin yeah so currently the effects of psilocybin treatments are being studied for quitting smoking alcoholism depression anxiety anorexia ptsd and alzheimer's or any dementia subtype Hmm. it's really cool because due to their potential to stimulate neurogenesis and provoke neuroplastic changes and reduce neuroinflammation this could either reduce the side effects or of alzheimer's or Mm. like could it potentially create more brain growth like i don't know right but that would be a really cool solve right that's cool and so although it is a schedule one drug still making it currently illegal in most countries decriminalization and legalization initiatives show a lot of promise currently it's only legal in the british virgin islands jamaica brazil bahamas nepal and samoa oh it's completely legal there yes huh and in the u.s it's been decriminalized in ann arbor michigan denver Mm -hmm. colorado oakland california santa cruz california somerville and cambridge massachusetts and washington dc and it's actually legal in oregon for mental health treatment in supervised settings as of february 1st 2021 oh wow and it's been decriminalized for recreational use there as well wow which is crazy so i'm gonna leave us on some closing statements Mm -hmm. um one of closing remarks closing (laughs) remarks one show that I had watched previously, but was also relevant to this, was Have a Good Trip on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Nick Offerman and uh, Adam Scott are the main people in it. We it's love so good. to see it. We love to see it. 10 out of 10 would recommend it's essentially just a bunch of stars and they're like trips. It's really good. I have a quote from Donna Carey, which was the director of the film. 
I think the real message for me was let's not live in a world where there's just scare tactics surrounding psychedelics, where we dismiss them just because they make us uncomfortable. Let's talk about them and figure out what the good is we can take from them as a society and remind people that these are powerful tools that can be used in positive ways. And then the last thing I would like to say is a quote by Jennifer Mitchell, a neuroscientist and professor in the departments of neurology, psychiatry, and behavioral sciences at the University of California, San Francisco. When people are young, their brains go through critical periods of learning and development that then become closed off as they age. Researchers believe that psychedelics open those closed critical periods for just a tiny window of time. When the critical period is open again, you want to make the most of it and make that potential change as positive as possible. Cool. And that is wow. Psychedelic mushrooms. <sighs> yeah, I really powered through that. One. That was really good. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, you didn't go negative about it in the sense of the fact that maybe another reason why psychedelic mushrooms used for medical and mental health reasons depends so much on the sustaining of the pharmaceutical industry keeping that shit alive i didn't want to go there so you know what i mean i mean but this is the next big threat to big pharma i mean can you imagine a hundred million people going off their pills yeah like goodbye wellbutrin right goodbye fucking lexapro exactly i'll just name all the ones i've ever (laughs) taken goodbye acetylopram acetylopram (laughs) you know like yeah my mind is just blown because it's like i've dealt with depression and anxiety for a long time if i could not take medicine anymore and or reduce the amount of medicine i take daily and go on two trips with a a therapist Mm mm-hmm I I would right why why not you know it gives your life greater meaning you're not weighed down by your cyclical thoughts which is a huge problem I just to me it seems like a no literally emphasis on the magic in the mushrooms you know like yeah it is I just think the world would be a better place it seems from the people that I know who've done it, who've talked to me about it, you know, not supervised or whatever, right? You keep that feeling in your heart and your mind for a really long time. Like it cha- it changes your life. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of, there was so much information on this. Like I had to cut down and chop so much. People say that like, once you see the world in the way that you see it exactly. on mushrooms, you don't see the world the same exactly. way ever again yep. in a positive light. In a good way. Yes. yes. Not like the world is garbage, Yeah, which is how you see it every day sometimes. I mean, at least for me, like I, I would be a huge advocate for like it taking place in the mental health yeah. space. And I think it's all about intention. If mm-hmm. you're using it to better yourself and like you're trying to you are you know working with a clinician to do that Mm -hmm. i think you have the potential to really move through some of your shit and be a better person in the world i just would love that yeah i love that for us i love that it's (laughs) it's definitely it's a big thing it has taboos a lot of people like our parents age i'm sure still see it in the way that was like ingrained to their brain you know and it's it's only now just kind of within the past like 
10 to 15 years to now basically becoming not taboo not yeah so scandalous and horrible i guess so hopefully bright shining futures ahead yeah and i mean well isn't it a testament to marketing <laughs> oh no not this again let's get on the marketing train oh, for a no. second <laughs> But it's true, like the war on drugs, like they villainized so many things about psychedelics. They villainized so much of that stuff. It's like people still, even though there's research coming out that's showing the amazing effects of it. And still to this day, like religious uses and indigenous people uses, Mm -hmm. like when you destigmatize that also, I think it also takes away some of the opportunity for misuse because it's like, People aren't doing it to just get high. Mm-hmm. They're doing it to like have an experience and like change their life. Right. Instead of like, oh, I just want to like emotionally check out because I have all these problems mm-hmm. at a party. Yeah. Honestly, just tripping at a party just seems like the worst thing to me. Like that just <laughs> really sounds like a because it's like a trigger on your anxiety. Mm-hmm. And then you're like seeing a dragon in the background. And you're like, I don't know. It's, it's it. And then the fire's talking to you. And then the throw up is moving, seeping towards oh you. Like, I just God. can't imagine a, a world where I would want to be high at a party like well, that. No, it's not for you. But it's not for you. I mean, maybe for you. Right. Not for me. That's what I meant. Not for Kelsey. <laughs> Thank you for educating me and educating our listeners. And hopefully we've opened some minds. Maybe or maybe we've just closed some. <laughs> We've connected some pathways in them. I don't know. Yes. I, yeah. And for real, Fantastic Fungi was amazing if you're into sciencey shit like I am. And just like the earth, watching that, like I yeah. am now like obsessed with saving the earth. Like I'm just like, I have to. Yeah. I have to. Yep. Just do your part, you know, everybody. Yeah. Just so, don't be a shithead. Yeah. That's really all you gotta do. That's really it. It's just like don't fuck up somebody else's day. Yeah. You know? Yep. Well, hey, great, great stuff. Uh, thanks for listening everyone please check us out on our social medias if you would like we're hoping to release some bonus content soon oh yes we are actually so yeah can i say we're about to record yeah some bonus we're content? about to record some we'll probably post it on our instagram we just made a tiktok oh yeah zero videos zero followers it's fine it'll, it'll oh should fine. i follow that probably <laughs> <laughs> but um we're about to release some bonus content that hopefully you'll you guys will like and it'll have our beautiful lovely faces on yeah so. you'll get to see our faces for radio yeah but follow us on all platforms including tiktok at by the letter pod we are on instagram tiktok and twitter also feel free to email us i've been getting some great feedback from friends so they've just reached out to me through text but if you'd like to shoot us an email you can do that at by the letter pod at gmail.com and we'll see you guys next week have a good trip guys have a good trip see you next fall (laughs) (laughs) hopefully we're not gone for that. no we'll be back next week okay yeah we're we're still showing up sorry we'll be there love you love you guys bye say bye maggie sniffle it Good girl. Good girl. <laughs>